0: the Bayou, the Rage Raging Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM.
1: What's up, everybody? It is Play by Play coming to you live here on KLEB. A very soaking wet, Casey Gisgler here behind the microphone. I got doused coming into the studio. It was storming. Don't have an umbrella. And I got poured. I am soaked. I am cold. And I'm going to try my best to make it through the next 90 minutes. All jokes aside, we're going to be okay. We've got a fun show coming your way in about 10 minutes or so. We're going to LCO. Well, we'll have Keegan Pokey on the line. I was actually at the LCO Tremaine Max scrimmage yesterday. And I'll give my thoughts on that a little bit later in this segment. But we'll ask Coach Pokey what he thought of the way his team performed yesterday. And uh, they got some great work in. And from a large audience, they're poised to have another great year. At noon, BJ Young, South Lafouche High School, will be joining us. Coach Pokey and Coach um, Young are both kind of, in the same boat, trying to get work in for the season while also fighting the weather. Um, it's a struggle right now, man. Y'all, I'm looking outside right now. It's it's a monsoon out here, so I don't know that either of those teams will be able to get out on the practice field today. The Tarpons have a little bit of an advantage because they have the turf. LCO, eh, I don't know. They're, their field was a little bit tore up yesterday, much less trying to get back out on there you know, after all this rain that we've got so far this morning. is usually Taylor Griffin time on Wednesday. I text Turtle earlier this morning. He has not yet replied. If he does reply, we'll have him at 12.15. If not, we're going to go through the headlines. There's a lot happening in the world of sports. But at 12.30, either way, we'll get our mailbag and we'll be breaking down some things that we'll be looking at and paying attention to uh, that you guys have asked about. And then at 12.45, we'll get our betting picks. Y'all, we have been red hot. I'm telling you, on Patreon, go find me. Patreon.com. Let me make sure I'm reading you the address, right? Patreon.com forward slash just glare Casey. You could get the latest picks. And then also we're going to start breaking out some sports coverage later today. I'm going to have a story up on my Patreon about my observations. As I watched LCO football camp yesterday, exclusive local content, content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else, exclusive pictures and interviews. And this football season, we're having so much fun there. So go find us on Patreon. For all of the latest and then we've also been red hot with our betting picks we were four and oh on what day monday and then we were um excuse me four and one yesterday so you do the math that's eight and one in our last nine picks out there um making everybody a little bit of extra cash and then you know let well i just said a minute ago my bad I, I repeat myself i said that we would have betting picks at the bottom of the show but i already mentioned that so let's talk about this let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today Southland Dodge and Homa industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South LaFouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And then also a reminder, join us on Saturdays at 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports expert, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. Speaking of Terrebonne General, a reminder that Friday we will be out at the Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute locker room for media day. We're going to be broadcasting live from 1130 to 1. We're going to have just about all the local football and volleyball coaches in the area on to chat about their respective teams. So join us there. Um, Well, don't join us there. It's not open to the public. Join us on the air is what I meant to say. Uh, At 1130 on Friday, we'll be at Media Day. You'll get the latest in all of the, uh, the happenings in local football and volleyball. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, we were at LCO uh, yesterday watching football practice and, and you know, watching their Tremaine Mack scrimmage. Before I tell you about anything X's and O's schematic, um, anything about the roster, anything about what I saw in the field that I liked or didn't like or whatever it may be, kudos to the folks there for hosting this event. Tremaine Mack was a young man in our community who um, was beloved. He was He was a great kid had so much spirit so much zest so much love for life so much passion for athletics he was a multi-sport athlete he was good at all of the respective sports that he played Tremaine was taken from us way 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 too soon after a battle with cancer um I believe he was just you know 15 or 16 at the time of his death he was you know just an early underclassman at South Lafouche High School at the time of his death since his passing, um, LCO has really done—excuse me, clearing my throat here, y'all. We're, we're fighting, I'm telling you. I'm cold, I'm shivering, I'm having a hard time. But since his passing, LCO has done a good job of remembering his life and remembering the legacy that he left and remembering the love and the passion with which that man, um, or that kid, rather, had during his time on Earth. Last year, Coach Pokey and the crew decided, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna have our, you know, preseason scrimmage. We're gonna call it the Tremaine Max scrimmage. We're gonna do it on campus. We're gonna invite people to come out." And they had, and they had a nice crowd. This year, they did it again, had like a really big crowd. This is something that could potentially become a really big deal. And Coach Pokey, when addressing his team last night, was saying, "Hey, I hope this continues to grow. I hope we, you know, maybe even have to go do it at South someday, or you know, outgrow our venue, have to get cops here." to police it, like, I hope that this is something that continues to become a big deal. The team scrimmaged, and at the end of practice, they handed out a 23 jersey to a couple of players, which um, represent the spirit and represent, you know, the passion with which Tremaine played and lived. This year's 23s for LCA will be Contrell Shepard and Ludvick Lee, so congratulations to those two young men for getting that number 23 jersey. I know they're going to wear it proud. I know they're going to do it justice. I know they're going to have an excellent season. Now, let's talk about some stuff on the field. And we don't talk a whole lot of middle school like in depth like this. But for a lot of our down the body listeners who are wondering, and I get questions a lot about the Golden Meadow LCO and you know what middle school is looking like, that's the reason why we have the coaches on from time to time. Um, LCO is really good, really good. Look, they won Paris last year. And they did send a lot of their Paris championship team off to South Lafouche, who are down ninth graders who are now going to be playing at South Lafouche, many of whom are going to be starting this coming season for BJ at the varsity level. They still got some dudes bro. They still got some dudes. They are big up front. actually sent a picture last night as you know, I'm, I'm texting after the scrimmage. Uh, with Abby, who works with us at the Gazette, and you know, she asked hey, how was the scrimmage, how did LCO look, and I sent her a picture, and it was a picture of just LCO's starting offensive line lining up before playing the quarterbacks, you know, kind of hidden behind center. And she said, "Hey, man, those are high school kids. Like, no, I mean, they're." She was making the, the comment that they're high school size kids. They're obviously middle schoolers, but they do have that high school level size up front. They're big. They're nasty. They've got some great individual players, but they play well as a team, and they got great coaching, man. Great coaching, like Coach Pokey does a great job. Like, coach Chuck Como, excellent coach. You know, Coach Nessie Pierce, like hundreds of high school wins. Like got dudes all over that staff that are just doing a wonderful job, and they don't want to forget anybody. They don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, coach Matt Jeremy in the pre, in the the pre practice warm up drills, like getting everybody going, making sure that everybody's fired up. Joshim are doing an excellent job making sure everybody's in the right positions and it's one thing to coach hard and those guys do they they hold their guys accountable you know there are a lot of corrections and a lot of you know teaching that's going on but it's another thing to do that in a way that the players know that they're loved and that's the one takeaway from the coaching staff there is that while it may not always be hoorah hey you're doing an excellent job there is a lot of teaching a lot of correcting going on. On the flip side to that, it's all done in a positive sense. At the end of every drill, we're breaking. We're breaking as a team, offense versus defense. Last night, you know, um, an offensive guy would knock a defensive guy down. There was a lot of comments of, "Hey, that's your teammate. You go pick him up." And that's the kids that are doing that. Like they're being coached so much to do that. Now, now the kids have fully bought in to that ideology. Ideology. Listen to me. Ideology. <laughs> um, but LCO's got it rolling, man. They're going to be awfully, awfully good again this coming season. Some great, great talent, and we look forward to seeing how their year is going to go. Speaking of that, let's catch a break. We're going to go right to their head coach out of this break. Coach Keegan Pokey will be telling us what he thought of his team's Tremaine Max Scrimmage. I just told you I think they're going to be awfully good still yet. We'll be right back on play by play talking with Coach Pokey on K L E B. Make this
2: the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow where opportunities are
0: created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career.
3: They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry.
0: It has been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at
2: Danos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S.com.
4: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
1: you have a pest control problem?
6: What does the WeatherBug app tell you?
7: My commute will be a doozy today. Pack my
6: allergy meds.
7: Lightning. Pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket.
6: With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose WeatherBug.
7: Maybe it's a commute to the couch day.
6: Download the WeatherBug app today for free. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Not a good day to roll your windows down and cruise today in southeast Louisiana. If you do that, you're going to get soaked, much like I am right now, still from running into the studio about 15, 20 minutes ago. One guy who's hoping this rain will wash away is LCO football coach and athletic director, also boys basketball coach Keegan Pokey. Coach, good morning, man. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Uh, it was funny that y'all had an advertisement of a weather boat uh, before I <laughs> on at it. If that's the exact same app we use as a parachute. Right now, it's blowing up my phone left and light, uh, left and right with some lightning and some rain updates going on down here.
1: Fortunately, you guys were able to keep the rain clouds away yesterday. Got your Tremaine Max scrimmage in, and I dedicated the first segment of the show to talking about how cool you know that event is and how a great crowd turned out. And then you guys played super well and got a lot of good work in. Um, you know, what did you think, man? Were you pleased with the way your team performed yesterday?
3: Yeah, so just kind of touch base off of what uh, we had going on yesterday, and, and it was kind of off of what you had said earlier. Uh, just strictly for Tremaine, that, that whole thing, it was pretty much just like a practice. Like, we got a lot more uh, scrimmaging in, obviously. But uh, just a practice. But, it, again, it was all for Tremaine Mack to represent his life and what he represented as a, a player, as a student athlete, and just overall as a person. But, yeah, uh, talking about a little scrimmage, we're, we're happy. And, you know, as a coach, you always want to be perfect. Everything wants to be perfect, every, every little detail. You want to be perfect. So uh, going in, um, we kind of knew we are going to make some mistakes here and there, but we want to minimize um, a lot of the small mistakes. We want to be great fundamentally with uh, the fumbles and, and coming off the line of scrimmage. So now looking back on it, there's, there's some things we need to touch up. There's some the things that we need to go ahead and get better at. Uh, I think we need to be a little bit tougher uh, all the way around. Uh, I think we need to be a little bit more positive. And kind of going off of what you said after we kind of talked to the kids a little bit yesterday – uh, coaching them up a little bit, you start to see the leaders like uh, Joan Eric, Vijay Sharkey, uh, picking up kids, saying positive things, Bo is saying positive things, our quarterback Jack Griffin, uh, making sure every football player, whether they're on the ground on offense or defense, making sure they were getting that, a hand being helped up because, yeah, that, that's 100%. That's our uh, our teammates. And Coach Chuck Como does a great job in practice. If you run over a kid or if you pancake a kid, you help them up just for the fact that is your teammate. And then, at the end of the day, we end in it together. And uh, we're going to win it together,
1: too. You know, the coach in me yesterday was proud of this one thing, and I'm going to ask you about it as I'm sure it made you proud, too. Look, you guys open up the scrimmage portion, and it's the one offense against the two defense. And, look, the one offense was, was cheese grating them. I mean, you know, just about every play they were either getting a big gain or a touchdown, they were breaking it. But a little bit later in the scrimmage, your number two defense started to fight back a little bit, and they were kind of, you know, they had a couple plays where they stopped them for no gain or minimal gain. I know that that had to make you happy, but look, you may need some of those kids during the course of the season. Maybe they weren't as intimidated. Maybe they grew a little bit of confidence. But in the later portions of the scrimmage, those kids started to fight back and started to play pretty well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the whole point of our scrimmage is to get those, those guys on second team a look to see if they can maybe help us out in the upcoming weeks to see if we – and, look, it's a lot of that scrimmage was for us, too, to see where we need to improve on as a coach and staff, where we got to put kids. Because a lot of times this is like the second week, third week of practicing. We're still getting used to knowing what the kids and what their strengths are. Um, So a lot of these kids never played football before. But there's two kids I'm going to point out that stood out tremendous um, last night on that second-team defense that they were making tackles left and right. And I had kind of talked to a a former player, a guy who was on the team last year, and we're just kind of touching base and he said, Coach, he said, I ain't going to lie, I'm giving you all a compliment. He said, but you all got a lot more skilled players this year. And at first I didn't know what he meant. I said, what you mean? And he said – I ain't going to lie, if our second team would go against our first team, first team last year, I don't think anybody was trying to tackle Landon Jarvis. He said, well, this year they were trying to tackle your 1st string running backs, and they were doing so. So, like, Terry Brad Border stood out to me. He was all over the field. He was doing his best to make sure. He was holding on to Sharky's ankle half the time, but he was making sure he was getting tackled. <laughs> and then Caleb Nelson, who was also another A-grade, too, that stood out to me as well. I think one of the first possessions, poor thing, he went straight into the ditch that's full of water and yeah. <laughs> Jersey was uh, muddy from that. But, yeah, absolutely, that second defense definitely stuck, uh, stepped up and showed them, hey, you can play with anybody. If you can play with our first unit, you're going to be able to play with anybody. So when your time is, uh, when your name is called, step up, make a play, and then you're going to get extra looks by doing that.
1: I'm actually looking at the picture that I was referencing early when I was talking about it. It's actually, for those who are interested, go to LaFougeGazette.com, hit the gallery from yesterday. It's picture seven out of 38. It's your center uh you know knelt down, and getting ready to get over the ball and the offensive line standing around him. You guys got a big line, bro. It's a line that would look like a freshman or junior varsity level high school line. Some big boys, they were getting a push. And one thing that I like to see is that look, man, even if the run isn't necessarily going anywhere, or maybe if you guys are running right, those guys on the left sideline are still driving guys way down the field. Like you guys are blocking through the whistle, and that's fun to see.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna give him a shout out. Big call, St. Ahmad. Preston Muniz is both of our tight ends. Um, our two guard, our two tackles are Bo Jarges, uh Donovan Richard, and then we got Carter Kale, Ryder Bruce at each of guard, and our center is Jack Wisher. But we we we're in awe almost every single day of how big we are. We got kids pushing. I think we got like maybe one or two kids on our O line that are sharded in Coach Chuck, and Coach Chuck's is a nice sized guy. Um, but we're we're pushing six foot in about two or three positions on the O-line. And then if they're not six foot, they're pushing. They they're, are above six foot. They're about six two, six three. Big Bo charges is unbelievable. Carter Colley is, is doing an excellent job being a leader and doing the right things. And uh, Don Richard, too, that's a, that's a guy who has high potential. Second year playing football, I think if he uh, sticks it out at South Foods, you're going to be seeing something special out of him as well.
1: So, you know, as coaches, I know you pay a lot of attention to your ones and your twos, but those are the guys most likely to see a lot of time whenever you guys start your season. Well, let's talk about your threes and your fours, man. Those kids got out on the field. First off, you know, and we've talked about this throughout the summer. It's crazy that a middle school team has threes and fours, but you guys have it and got the work for those guys. What did you see from those kids to let you know? Hey, um, you know, we're impressed with what we got in maybe our sixth and our seventh grade crew.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I was happy for those guys to get a look because, you know, a lot of times we split practices up. Uh, when we go to a team offense or team defense, uh, three coaches go with the younger group and three coaches go with the older group. So I've been going over with the older group, so I haven't really seen those guys so much in the offense. So seeing, like, the Brady Griffins and then Lakin Philnich had an unbelievable run yesterday. Um, I think they end one of their segments. Um, uh, Cason Cortez had a nice run up the middle. Uh, our lineman, Mason Guidry, Um and they're like, I could go on Tyler Lyons. This is a nice-looking kid. So I really think and, – and that seventh-grade group, our offensive line, that seventh-grade group, uh, Mason Gidry, Jay Punch, Kaden uh, Hebert, Brady Wells, they're no slouch either. They they are probably all pushing six foot, if not six foot on over. So the next couple of years and then carrying on to South Bush, we should start seeing some really good linemen, some really big linemen with a lot of potential moving forward.
1: There are going to be some people who are going to be saying, man, why are you spending the first 30 minutes talking about middle school football? And the reason for that, Coach, is because you guys have a following. You guys drew a ton of people to your scrimmage yesterday. I've been asked a lot by people in the community, both on the LCO side and then also on the golden Meadow side, who are just being nosy, wanting to know how you guys looked, have been asked about you know how the scrimmage went and everything of the sort. You guys drew a big, big audience yesterday, and it was really cool for me to see. And I know coaching at it, you know, it had to be really cool for you to witness as well.
3: Yeah, I was giving a few songs, just thinking about it right now. Um, you know, last year we, we drew a, a good bit of crowd last year. You know, but then to see this year at five o'clock, you know, a lot of those uh, parents are just knocking off at five o'clock. But to see the amount of kids, the amount of parents come, and it was raining that day, so I was like, oh, maybe we won't uh, draw in a big crowd. But the amount of uh, parents, the amount of support those kids got yesterday was unbelievable. And I hope it continues to grow. And, look, it it gives the kids something to look forward to, you know, being that you're being acts in the community about LCO, about golden to metal. Those kids like that, man. And, and it keeps the excitement in the game of football and not only – at the middle school level, hopefully it could carry on to the high school level and we could go, go ahead and just turn this whole athletic community down here for the positive reasons. And, look, I, I and you know this, I take my job pretty serious. So I'm going to go ahead and do my best to keep the excitement going at LCO, and it's all for the kids. So if we could get something like that, and we're, we're in the mix right now of every, probably Wednesday, we're going to go ahead and have a sixth and seventh grade uh, live scrimmage. Probably starting next week, just to give the kids extra reps, and again, parents could come and watch that as well.
1: Awesome, that's really cool, dude. Now, you guys named Contrell Shepard and Ludvick Lee as your new uh, your new number 23s. Give us a rundown what went into those decisions, and tell us a little bit about each kid.
3: So, Contrell Shepard was pretty much like a, a, a two too, but Contrell Shepard was a given right away from the the time he stepped on for summer workouts, from the time I seen him in my actual class last year. Um, he represented every trait that I was looking for. A great kid, great role model, a great leader, uh, just a fun kid to be around, always joking around, but always serious about his academics. And uh, he represents Jermaine Mack a lot. He uh, resembled him a lot. So that was pretty much a given. I, knew, uh, I know Contreras would do an excellent job representing 23. I actually talked to the coaching staff, uh, talked to the administration team about it prior to me making the decision, and they all agreed with it. I talked to uh, Landon Jarvis, who was a previous number 23, too, as well, and uh, he, he agreed with it. He's like, oh, my God, that's going to be a, a great candidate for number 23. And then T. Vic Lee, he came on late uh, in the year, and a little bit about T. Vic. T. Vic, um, right now, he, he's battling cancer as well. So he recently got a port out, and he's like, Coach, I want to play football. Can I try out? And, look, he came out. And he busted his tail. He did some great things. He's a little, he's a little guy, but he's extremely athletic, extremely feisty. So I, I also I decided I was going to do two number 23s just for the fact that he's living it. He's living it exactly what Jermaine lived through. He's battling it and he's doing everything possible to make sure he's doing the things he loves. So we went ahead and decided to pick both of those guys. I think they're both are going to represent 23 well, and I think the whole team is going to represent 23 well moving forward.
1: Man, dude, you got me tearing up. I didn't realize that that young man was actually fighting cancer, dude. That's so cool, and we're certainly going to be praying for him throughout the you know the course of his fight. Um, what's next man i know you guys got some jamboree and different stuff happening before you start the year what's next for the crew
3: yeah so um next tuesday we got go to metal at south food which is our home game we got that scrimmage we got uh first half will be um first strings, and then the the, the rest i think it's like 15 plays we usually do with a uh, third and our second and third string coming up um and then next saturday not this saturday but next saturday we travel to thibodeau we have our Lock, we got a gem breed. We're facing Lockport. Two twelve 12-minute halves running time. So we're going to go ahead and face them that. And then the following week, first game, West Civil. So right out of the gate, we're about to find out because we're hearing great things about West Civil. We're hearing Coach Riley said that's one of his better teams. So we're going to find out right off the back how well we match up against the best. And uh, I think we'll be up for the challenge. So I think we're ready.
1: I, I, I really think that, like, and this is rare for a team that, you know, just is coming off of winning it. Yeah, I feel like you guys still have like that little underdog chip on your shoulder. It was like There are people even here that are like, man, oh, they lost so much. Like They're not going to be good. But I watched it yesterday. Like You guys are still going to be really good. I feel like these kids still feel like they've got a ton to prove because a lot of them maybe weren't in prominent positions last year. Now it's their turn to shine.
3: Hey, look, uh, the, the people that say that, I don't know if they've they ever been around football long enough to realize, especially middle school football, like when you think about LCO in the in the late 90s, LCO in the early 2000s and everything like that, like every year their team was good, so you're going to lose kids, absolutely you will. But I mean, it's still middle school. It's still football. You still got 11 kids to play the game of football. It's not like we're losing the whole team. We still got kids that are returning back. Um and those kids last year, yeah, they were awesome. They did great things for our program. They're still doing great things for our programs. But this is a new team, um new year and uh yeah, I, I, it throws me off, and I think the kids are starting to feel that way, too. And it's like, hey, man, uh, we're, we're, we're back. We're, we're back on top, and then people are still saying, how how are y'all back on top? And the, the kids work hard. The kids put in the time, and it's showing right now. It's showing.
1: Beautiful. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Thanks for having us yesterday. We'll chat again soon, okay? I
3: appreciate it, kids. Have a good day.
1: Yep. That is Coach Keegan Pokey with LCO. They're going to be still really good, man. <laughs> They're going to still be really good. Right out of the gate, though, playing West Thibodeau is going to be a big challenge, and we look forward to seeing how that one shakes out. The one guy who's smiling whenever he hears that LCO is going to be really good outside of Coach Pokey is Coach B.J. Young. We'll have B.J. on in the next segment of the show because every one of them Bulldogs becomes Tarpons. Well, not everyone, but most of them become Tarpons at some point, and uh, B.J. likes whenever his feeder schools are having some success. It's play-by-play on Kaylee B. We'll be right back after this talking some Tarpon football on 100 100- not 100.3, on 102.7. I'm flustered. The rain has got me flustered today,
0: y'all. We're struggling. We're fighting it. We'll be right back when Kaylee B. How about that? Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection. Or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000.
2: Guaranteed.
8: .com
4: I'm happy
9: I'm
1: feeling
4: glad
10: I got sunshine
1: Welcome back to play by play here on KOB we go from LCO, where we were the last segment, straight to the lunch line at South Lafouche High School. BJ Young doing a little lunch duty right now. Coach Young, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? Doing well, man. How are you? Good, man. You were just telling us off the air that practices are going pretty well. When you guys are able to get out, fighting this doggone rain right now, man. How have things looked in the first old week and a half or so of camp?
5: We've been fortunate, as far as the weather's concerned. We missed that first day uh, when we started up, but we've been able to practice every day since. I uh, was in a little bit of a weather delay last week on Friday, but we made it work. So, uh, you know, you like say, you say, you're fighting the rain a little bit, but uh, we've been fortunate to be able to get out and get the full practices in, so that helps a lot. And um, You know, the kids are really competing.
1: Give us a rundown. Let's start defensively. How has the defense looked? It's a first-year coordinator out there and a lot of new faces, but you guys have been saying throughout the offseason, think you'll be good up front, and we'll try to you know, put some athletes on the back end to prevent the big plays. How have those guys look so far?
5: Yeah, Coach Bryson, his first year as a defensive coordinator, you know, he puts in a lot of hours um, with film study and stuff like that. And in uh, the meetings really trying to, you know, fine-tune the kids' skills um, and technique to, to make sure the scheme fits and then it works. Um, defense, man, they're they playing, they playing well. You know, we, uh, we got to do a little better job running to the football. And, uh, you know, you don't want to assume somebody's going to make a play because that that that'd be the play that, that that guy slips that tackle and he's going he's going for a long one. So we got to rally to the ball a little better. But um, you know I, I I think every position is growing. Um, you know obviously you goes to get better every week like we've said in the past. But um, you know I, I feel like pass scale yesterday the the the, uh, the the windows the passing windows tightened up a little bit. Um, mixed in a little man coverage uh, and we were physical with the receiver so. Um, secondary look good and, uh, you know we can't get complacent we got we to gotta keep growing
1: we're about three and a half weeks away from the start of the season give me a little to-do list a little checklist what are some of the things you guys got to improve upon in those next three and a half weeks to let you know week one when St. Edmunds comes to town you guys will be ready
5: right I, I think we got to do a better job uh, we got to be able to stop the run um, you know and, and limit the big play the explosive plays um, you know if you can stop the run and run the ball Um, you'll win a lot of football games we got to get more consistent in the run game uh offensive our screen game's got to get better um it's not timing out just right um so looked at it real good today so we'll make some corrections with that seventh period when when we get the kids in um, for the athletic block but uh you know i would say going into the scrimmage versus cca you know you want to control the scrimmage so i want you know i want to run the ball and stop the run and then uh you know after that going into a good HR bourgeois team who's came off a you know really good year <clears throat> um had some big wins in there you know East Saint John and teams like that that they beat so uh going to get we're going to get tested early on and uh you know same thing though man we you know we you want to you know run the ball and stop the run and it starts up front on both sides you know and um we got to get a little bit better on both sides of the ball but um we're getting better every day so uh you know, it's cliche, but it's one day at a time. You know, when you when you watch the film the next day, you know, did we get better or did we get worse? Because uh, that's the only that's really the only two options. So uh, you know, from yesterday to today, we got better. Oh uh, yeah, you know, from um, you know Monday to Tuesday.
1: I don't know if if you do this type of thing, but if not, you know. Go to our newspaper website sometime today and go look through the photos of the LCO scrimmage today. But it's going to make you very happy to see the size that Keegan has, man. There are some pictures of his offensive line. There's some big, big boys. And we were just kind of, you know, speculating in the last segment of the show of how good it must feel for you and your staff to know that, hey, man, we've got some good talent here. We've got some young talent here. But the the well is far from dry. I watched them scrimmage yesterday. They st- they're still really, really good. A lot of size. A lot of athleticism. Dude, your feeder schools are doing you some service right now, man. You guys got a couple of good feeder schools, and they're producing a lot of talent for you.
5: Yeah, no doubt. You know, the group that they both, you know, Golden Meta as well as LCO sent us last year, um, sent us a good, a good group of, uh, of players for sure. Um, you know, when you look out there, you know, they do, the freshmen come out with us um, and, and do individual drills and stuff with us. So we get a little look at them, get our hands on them before they branch off with Coach Chandler. Yeah. Um, and Coach uh, Wade Galgior to the freshman field. So we get a good look, man. It's a, it's a good group. Um, you know, looking forward to that group staying together. And then when you add in, you know, the uh, the eighth graders from next year that will be coming into ninth graders, um, you know, you're looking to build on it. You know, it's good to see that that, that the excitement, you know, is in the community with, with younger eighth groups playing um, football, man. And, and, you know, numbers, you know, you want to have your numbers up. And I'll pass over the bridge, you know, it must be seven o'clock at night on the way home after we finish doing what we gotta do over here and they, and it looks like they got seventy bantam kids out there playing football, so um you know the future's bright uh you know you, you, it, it, it's, it it helps you sleep a little better at night knowing that you got groups of kids coming through um that's going that can win your football games, man that's for sure. Let's talk about something
1: that we really haven't spent a whole lot of time on. is that your receivers, dude last year you guys had you know be it OTAN – be it Sava, be it Prejean, you guys had a lot of really gifted receivers who did a lot of things. Now, cura was one of those guys as well. He's back, but other than that, it's a whole new cast of characters. You guys in the offense that you're are going to need three, four, five good ones who are some of those kids who are sliding into those roles.
5: Yeah. Uh, you know, look, that, I, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said we don't miss that group from last year, man. That, that's some good players um, that stepped up in a lot of different occasions. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times Prejano coming in with a catch on third and 10 or fourth and 12 or, you know, to win the game against South Terrebonne with a one-handed catch, you know. Uh, you know, Austin Savoy, when you try to stop Prejano, Savoy, and obviously Jackson O'Ten is about as dangerous as they come. So, um, you know, I'd be lying if I say, you know, you don't miss those guys. But we got a group coming up. Um, we'll have two seniors stepping in some roles. Um, and, you know, Hayden Collie was a slot for us. So we moved, we put him, we, he was started at the F in the spring. You know, going to the summer, we made a decision to move him outside. We moved Kirol to the slot. Um, Kirol's dangerous, man. You know, he, like you say, he's the only returner out there from last year. And, uh, he, he, I mean, he had a bunch of crucial um, big plays, if you can recall, you know, in, in big situations. Um, just a super tough kid, man. So we moved him to the inside. Um, Hayden Collie went outside. We got Camden Berg, who's going to play like what Jackson O'Tan did. Um, great hands. Um, good in the run game, uh, no mental bust. Super smart kid. Uh, does everything you ask him to do. He Worked hard this off season. Um, he's going to be a junior, you know, so you'll have him for two years in that in that hip or uh, that hybrid role. And then outside to the left, you know, we got Luke Sanamo, who's first just playing uh, football. You know, he's a baseball guy, but he can really run, man. You know, um, he might he might be the fastest guy on the team. Uh, he's out right now with a little hand injury, so Jack leday has been getting a lot of work out there at the X as well. Um, who's been doing a great job. You know, it's a, it's a new role for him. Uh, he was a quarterback that we moved into the outside, so he's trying to learn, the, uh, you know, the fundamentals of playing receiver. And then, obviously, we have Jacob at the F um, to round it out. But, you know, we got a we got a good group, man. It's a different-looking group, you know. Um, but that's what I think makes it fun to coach high school football. You know, it's not the NFL where you have Michael Thomas, you know, for, for 10 years and stuff like that, you know. You, you're steady having, you know, turnover and having to, you know, build kids. And, you know, that that's where you, you, um, your sub-varsity level stuff is plays a big role, too, with your freshman and J.B., um, you know, really developing them and not just throwing them by the wayside. So, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to some big plays out of those guys. And uh, our running back's a big old boy, you know, Abram Berg, the D-lineman, but he, he'll be running the ball as well. So, um, you know, a real tough kid. Um, you know, smart, super smart. Nick Coleman's back there as well. Nick's a big old boy, athletic, and then I uh, got a younger kid, Kaden uh, who who's who's really surprised me, man. This fall, you know, he put the pads on this fall and he grew. He grew up so much from the just the summer, um, so that's refreshing to see as well, uh, you know. And then so yeah, man, we we got we, Carson's at the quarterback with Josh Max, so got a lot of weapons, man. We just that's on us, you know. We got to put it together and try to make it work as best as we can.
1: It wouldn't be an interview between us if I didn't ask you about your kicking game, dude. You know, I got asked about how the kickers and the punters are looking. You guys making them extra points and flipping the field with them punts?
5: Yeah, man. Look, we, uh, Nick Coleman's a punter. Nick Coleman can kick it now. Um, he, he can punt it, uh, good ways. So, he'll you know, he'll be punting the ball for us. Um, figuring out some stuff at kicker. You know, we got a freshman who, uh, when, when I asked him what position he plays, he said he kicks. You know, that's all he does. He kicks. So, in um, so he's been doing a great job. He's doing the kickoff duties right now. Um, he's listening. Kind of we tra- starting to try to, you know, put in our angle directions of where we're going to kick in and, you know, rally to it to, to limit, you know, explosive return game. And, uh, you know, extra point field goal should be going in uh, either today or tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it's baby steps, man. Special teams, baby steps. Uh, we're doing it for an extended time right now uh, because it's, it's so important. So we're uh, – trying to you know really really focus in and, and really perfect kind of our base special team stuff just so we know we have something that we can go back to that we feel really confident in that our that our kids know to uh, limit big plays
1: I saw an interview with Andy Reed the other day and he was saying the most difficult thing as a play caller is balancing between what's working the best and also you know what you're seeing on film that you think might work well that you haven't yet run and what Andy Reed was saying is hey You start the game, you say, all right, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you get to X, and X is working really, really well, so you don't want to go away from it, but you also want to try a little bit of Y and Z, but you don't want to go away from the bread and butter that's working. Like, how do you juggle all of those things? Because, sure, there's a list of things you want to get in and plays that you want to run, but if some of the other plays are working well, maybe you got to alter that. How do you make those adjustments in the middle of a game?
5: Yeah, man, you know, the the call sheet we kind of go off of, um, I, I was fortunate to get my hands on um, Daniel Luquette, uh, Pete Carmichael's son with the New Orleans Saints, Pete Carmichael's offensive coordinator, and now his son went to Destrehan when Daniel was there. So they they kind of had, um, you know, access, you know, to the facility and, and got to go in meetings and stuff like that. So he got his hands on that call sheet. So that's kind of the one we go off of. Now it's not, it's not their plays, obviously, you know. But, um, you know, first and second down, you know, what I try to do early in the game, man. To be honest, I try to give them a few formations, see how they're going to defend it, and then. Um, but but I, but look, man. We I base a lot, you know. We base a lot as an offensive staff um, on what we see on film throughout the week, or you know when we're watching that on the other team to, you know, how they're going to defend a two by two set or three by one, or, you know, if you're a three by one hip set, and uh, we base a lot of our stuff on there. But um, you know, so we go a lot off of that, and you know. Now I will tell you this: we don't venture off. You know, we have calls for you know third and one to three, third and four to six, and um, did a lot of homework on how many plays on average you run a year in those certain scenarios. So, for example, like a third and four to six, we won't script seven plays. You know, on average, you run three a game. So we'll have, we'll, we'll go to the board and we'll figure out our best three, four to six, third, third and four to six plays based on how they defended third and four to six against other teams that we have them on. So we, we don't venture off that or the red zone calls. But we will, you know, first and second down calls, you know, when you got that huddle sideline right there on the iPad, we watch that a lot. So, you know, if they come out and they start trying to do, you know, if we run in power, you know, on a team before, the team we played before, they're probably going to try to stop that, whether is slanting to the hip or slanting to a different front or stunting a guy. So we'll see that within the first drive because we'll, run, we'll call it early and see how they're defending it. And then, uh, you know, might go to some zone stuff. And if zone starts hitting, you know, I think Andy Reid, said it best you know you dance with the other stuff because you got to keep them honest you know you you can't line up and run the same play you know every down so but you, you do know you highlight on the call sheet you know if if power's on there under your base runs you you highlight the power because you know you know that you like what you're doing right there but you don't want to run it every down because then it obviously they'll make an adjustment too so you want to ha- you you want it there when you know you need it you know if that makes any sense at all
1: yeah no doubt it's a chess match yeah. and it's, it's what, what we love about the game thanks so much for the time brother enjoy the rest of your day Thank you, man. Yep, that is BJ Young with South Lafouche High School doing a wonderful job. I love asking the coaches about that strategy. That's that's fascinating to me. Is that hey, you got a play that's working in the first quarter, but you don't want to burn it out and have the other team make adjustments to it, and then by the time you need it in the third and fourth quarter, it's not there anymore, but you want to run it enough to where you're having success. Like, it's a big old game of chess, and I love that part of the game. It's the analytics, statistical nerd in me. That's the part of the game that I just, I could eat it up. I could do a whole show. I would love, okay, we're in the AM studio. I could fit probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven chairs here along our radio row. I would love to fill them all up with coaches and have this discussion. I could do that from 11.30 AM to 11.30 PM just talking ball with those guys. That would be like, a bucket list thing that I would love. Not, not 11.30, 11.30, obviously I'm exaggerating, but I would love to just talk the strategy and the X's and O's because that's fascinating. It's so cool how um, much goes into all of that stuff on Friday nights, and that's the stuff. That random Joe blow in the stands, that's yelling and screaming for you know the school to fire, the coach or whatever. That's the legwork that those folks don't understand actually goes on. It's play-by-play on KLB We're going to go to another call-in guest. We have found the turtle. Taylor Griffin has been located. We'll have him on in the next segment of the show, and we'll be talking about all things sports, college prep, everything in between, pro, all that good stuff with turtle in the next segment on KLEB.
10: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM a french connection the all-new raging cajun 102.7 fm
0: hey mike davis here looking for your next new vehicle come check us out at golden motors price is priority come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in many 2022 silverado trucks and suvs to choose from new vehicles are here on the way Chevy, find new roads and if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000
8: some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most
4: Two Friend Building Materials is inviting you to our 7th Annual Fishing Rodeo, Friday, August 19th, and Saturday, August 20th, in the same spot as always, Bridgeside Marina in Grand Isle. Scales will open Friday with a cornhole tournament at 6 p.m. Saturday's festivities include minnow races for the kids, auctions, door prizes, and more, and we'll have gator coolers for 1st, 2nd, and 3rd place in each category. This year's benefactors are the Center in Cutoff and Bridge to Independence at Nickel State University. Check out our Facebook page for more details. See y'all there.
1: So, programming announcement. If you read the LaFouge Gazette, which I hope all of you guys do, the editor of that newspaper is an idiot. That would be me. He put that the Dufresne Rodeo is this coming weekend in the headline. It is not. It is next weekend. And to tell us all about that event will be Taylor Griffin, who works with Dufresne, and he's also a member of our broadcast team here on Coastal Broadcasting. Turtle my bad for the mistake, my dude. Uh, How are you today?
11: Oh, it's all good, man. It happens. I'm doing good.
1: How y'all doing over there in the studio today? We're doing great, man. Uh tell us about the event we're now a couple of weekends away. Uh final preparations are happening, I'm sure, and I'm sure we're also hoping that we could get all the rain out of our system this week and keep things dry uh because man it's a mess out. How are things going in rodeo prep? You know, getting the the final finishing touches in? Yep, man. Uh
11: it's going great. It's uh getting to the fun, nitty-gritty part. It's uh you know organizing uh door prizes and auction items and numbering everything logging everything you know that that sort of fine-tuning last-minute stuff uh i want to say we're gonna uh somebody's going to end up going down to grand isle either uh later this week or early next week to just get one last blueprint uh, look at what we're doing as far as setup with tents and everything and um it's uh man it's it's right there it's, we we just can't wait to get it going. It's, it's always an exciting time of the year, you know. We love these two uh, these two organizations that we're able to to help out. We we can't wait. Uh, the bridge to independence at Nichols is a great thing, and uh, the center and cutoff two wonderful organizations that uh, we can't wait to help out.
1: Very cool. Um, one of the things that's always the most fun about you know these auctions at these events is there's always this really, really cool, like, random piece of memorabilia that pops up that's able to be bidden on. I know over at Blue Booth they had, like, a half Bengals, half LSU, Joe Burrow autographed jersey. Like, I don't know if you could you know, spare us any details on anything cool you might have, but is there any one piece that's going to be available that might shock some people? Um,
11: we're still working on one uh, big surprise item that I'm not going to reveal. Um until we have our hands on it it's it's in the works and i'm just gonna say it's an uh it's an nba player and it involves an autograph hopefully we could clinch that but i can't tell you right now we do have an autograph of uh, joe burrow picture we have we have a couple of autographed helmets of other um former lsu players and we have i want to say we got some Saints stuff too we uh we it on the sports memorabilia, man, between helmets, footballs, jerseys. Uh, there's a picture of the – oh, after one of the uh, baseball national championships, the, uh, the newspaper article that everyone has framed. I forget which year, which one it is, but we have one with Skip Burton's autograph on it. So some pretty sweet uh, auction items I would hope everyone will want to come take a look at.
1: Very good. So let's talk about this. Um, you know – was talking some LCO earlier in the show, had Keegan on, and we were also chatting a little bit about it with BJ. They're really good at football, dude. Like, they won Parish last year. I, Without having seen everybody else in the Parish already, like I care to say they're going to be heavily amongst the favorites this coming season as well. You were a bulldog. I was a lion. Middle school was some of the funnest times athletically for me, and I'm sure it was for you as well. What was it like being part of that experience, dude, learning how to play and, you know, go and play all the other Parish rivals and everything?
11: Oh, man, LCO uh, junior high, by the way, was was great. You know, <laughs> you and I missed that whole uh, middle school transition thing that they call it now. But uh, okay, LCO was a great time, man, playing basketball at that age against against the local, all the rivals. I mean, Golden Meadow got the best of us more times than not uh, in that sport. You know, Greg Tarabone being a huge part of that. So shout out to him and all those good memories. Um you know, I think my favorite memory, though, as an LCO athlete was uh, for basketball in eighth grade, we were playing, uh, we were going up against the undefeated, soon-to-be parish champs that was West Thibodeau that had uh, Demetrius McCoy and Steven Stewart on it, and, you know, those guys were ridiculously athletic and talented at that age, and we had... No business being on the floor with them, you know, at first glance when you look at warm ups. Then we end up beating them at home fifty to forty two. Yeah. And it was a it was a fun time. It was a good game and you know, as far as the local parish news, uh, we we kind of shocked our little world down here.
1: That's awesome, dude. And that that's one of the things, you know, that I was telling Keegan and you know, BJ is that you know a lot of folks are maybe wondering why the hell is he talking about LCO like when there's so much high school to go because they had probably 300 people at their scrimmage yesterday, and people were asking, like, like people are curious and want to know about the middle school program, so we gave them a little bit of time. Now, let's talk about this. Um, LSU's not in the top 25 in the coaches' poll. Some folks are, you know, maybe a little nervous about that. Other folks are like, you know, who cares? It's a preseason poll. You know, if you win your games, you end up getting there anyway. Where do you stand on that? On the one hand, you know, hey, it is kind of like a, you know, hey, it's a reminder of how far this team has to go. But on the other hand, when you look at the talent on the roster, hey, maybe being an underdog isn't the worst thing in the world either.
11: I like it, man. I, I really like it. That's uh, that's nothing but bulletin board material. That's extra motivation. That's you know all the little cliches you could think of. It's it all this could do is help them. It's it's a great attention getter for the guys. Like you know, how dare they disrespect us? How long has it been? We've always been in the top twenty-five. All we do is change coaches and lose a few players to graduation and drafts and then they, they take us out of the preseason top twenty five, you know, how dare they. That that kind of stuff, I, I love that. I, I see no issue with it. I think it's actually a good thing, you know instead of this being a rebuilding year, it's just it's go time. New coach, new players, new attitude, new culture. There's there's no time to rebuild. This we doing it right now, this year, and it starts by being out of the top twenty five and you know, rattling some cages and making some noise.
1: I like it. Very good. And, you know, the reports out of camp are that, you know, hey, LSU's looking pretty sharp. You know, they, they've got, you know, supposedly several options at quarterback and good wide receivers and good depth on the defensive line. And that's the thing about Coach O is that, and I always said this, that one of the reasons why I was the most um, enthusiastic supporter of his being hired at LSU was I said, hey, even if it doesn't work out, like they're going to have a talented roster for the next guy. And, you know, hey, he won the national championship and things fell off a cliff, but there are still talented players on that roster for the next guy.
11: Yep, yep, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Couldn't have said it any better.
1: Very, very good. So let's talk a little bit of WWE. I know you told me a minute ago you haven't watched a whole lot since SummerSlam, but there are a lot of fans that are really excited about the regime change. Ratings are up, by and large, without getting too much into specifics. Dude, it looks like this move that we were all so nervous about is going to end up working out. Like their numbers are through the roof. Fans are watching and are keeping tuned in. Um, things are going really, really well for them right now.
11: Yeah, man, I, I like it. I like it. I mean, just always being a lifelong fan since I was a kid and you know, obviously watching it from a different perspective these days and just, you know, having the respect for the business and how far it's come and having a respect for the the entertainment value and the sacrifice that the guys make to put on a show. Um, you know, the last 10 years, you know, tune into a pay-per-view every once in a while to just see, you know, what's happening with it now. And it's just kind of the same old boring stuff, the same old, same old, everything that you used to, you know, maybe once a year, they bring back one of the old guys and something's exciting, you know, the undertaker still hanging by a thread, forcing it. And other than that, you know, there's nothing really, Nothing new, nothing changed. And now all of a sudden, you know, with Vince McMahon finally leaving and Triple H and Steph, you know, grabbing control, grabbing the bull by the horns, taking the business in a new direction and it's the little bit that I do watch, man, it's starting to feel like childhood again. It's starting to feel you start you start to get a, a little bit of a late nineties attitude era feel in a in a couple of segments. Like, oh, you know, they kinda they kinda pushed it on that little storyline, you know. They kind of pushed it. You know, we hadn't seen a, a chair shot or any kind of weapon to the head in quite some time, and, man, that would look close. They they look not as cautious, not as careful, not as robotic. They look like they're a little more loose, and they're allowed to be more creative. Uh, that's that's going to keep the business going for years to come. It's, it's like a nice rebirth.
1: Have you read any of the results from Monday? Because if not, I'll tell you about something that's going on that may pique your interest. I, I did not. Okay, so on Monday, um, there were a series of weird awkward events that's gonna end up leading into something bigger like they were doing an interview with Kevin Owens in the back and over his shoulder and it was blurry, but you could you could make out it well enough. There was like cops that were like interviewing people about a car wreck in the back. You could see it well enough to where you knew that it was happening, but it wasn't really mentioned. Then during one of the matches, there are again very vague and very faint, but on camera you could see cops like running to the back, like to go to the backstage area. None of this is being mentioned or anything, but it's noticeable enough to where you could see it. Then in the main event, AJ Styles defeats The Miz, and there's a guy who's again on camera, but it's in the backdrop, trying to jump the guardrail and is being arrested while the show's going off of the air, and it's all kind of speculated. And the guy that was being arrested is is supposedly a former NXT guy. So there's some sort of rumors and whispers about some sort of takeover or anything like that, but it was open-ended and interesting and intriguing enough to where, like, I'm sitting to myself watching thinking, you know, hey, where's this going? Like, what's going to happen next week with all this?
11: See that right there, the the fresh ideas being brought back to the table of just what's going to make them wish there were ten more minutes? What's going to make them I, say, I can't wait to tune in next week? They're hitting it on the head with that. I mean – I didn't even watch it, and what you just told me is like, okay, um, I'm interested. I, I like where this is going. I like the direction the business is going.
1: Yeah. No doubt about that. So let's talk a little bit before we let you go about Nichols football. And, you know, it's it's funny, and one of the reasons why I want to ask you about this is because you, knew, you know how it was. You've been following this for a while. Nichols is expected to have a good season. They got several all-conference preseason guys. They're expected to, you know, be amongst the tops of the Southland Conference if not winning it again. And I was kind of thinking when doing my show prep of like how weird and not weird because now we're used to it, but how much of a turnaround this has been. I remember days when it was big, you know, headline news when Nichols won a single game. Now it's big headline news when they're not in contention and when they're not going to the playoffs and like it's expected now for them to be awfully good. The. Momentum shift that that program has had and the total 180 that that program has had is awesome to see.
11: Yes, yes, I agree, man. It's uh, whatever it was they did uh, when the new coach came in, man, major culture change, major attitude change, and he started hitting the local areas real hard instead of just, you know, who can we pick from Texas? Who can we pick from Florida? Let's mix a couple locals and a couple JUCOs. Now it's just like, Man, just just throw every good Louisiana guy that that doesn't make it to LSU, and just throw them on the Nichols team, and go, we're gonna be fine. Like that's that that's an amazing approach with with college football. Man, I don't know when's the last the last Nichols game you went to, but uh, I, I mean I'm assuming you went to most of them last year. Yeah. Dude, the, the tailgating atmosphere is incredible. The The overall feel, the buzz around Tibro is incredible on game days. Home home games are insane. Away games, man, you can't get a chair in big mics because they're showing the game. You know, they got people. It's, it's standing room only to watch an away game for those who can't make the trip. And Nichols football looks like they're going to be really, really good for a long time. They've everything's moving in the right direction and it's it's so cool to like you know when we started paying really paying attention you know when we got to that age like when I was at Nichols you were at LSU you know what's 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 wrong with this program why since 2005 you know they won they won the conference title in 2005 and then every ever ever since then there's a little bit of a drop off every year, a little bit more of a drop off, a little bit more of a disappointment, and then it was like they went defeated or they went one and whatever, you know. And it, man, something's got to change. And whatever it is that changed, you know, aside from the obvious, you know, much needed coaching thing, it's uh, and it's amazing to to be enjoying it at this prime age, just college football atmosphere man there's nothing like it and even though Nichols isn't a big school or a big stadium man they pack it it gets loud in there and it's uh it's a it's a fun atmosphere to be in i'm really happy happy for the colonel football program
1: yeah no doubt very well said brother thanks so much for the time we'll chat again next wednesday my friend
11: yep sounds good uh and as always go tarps and god bless america
1: yes sir that is taylor griffin doing a wonderful job um can't wait for the do friend rodeo i can't wait so much that i Got the damn date wrong in the headline of the newspaper. I will never forgive myself for that. It happens. We make mistakes. There's an honest mistake. But we will make it good for them. We're going to rerun something to promote the the event in this coming issue of the Gazette. Let's catch a break when we get back. uh, We've got mailbag questions. You guys are asking me things. I'll get your answers in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
10: The French Connection. The all-new Ragin' Cajun. 102.7 FM.
2: Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue and Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
10: quality health care locally for you.
1: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KOEB. This segment of the show will be our Wednesday mailbag. As always, Wednesday and around, oh, 1235-ish. We answer your questions that you send to us throughout the course of the week. If you have a question for us on the Wednesday mailbag, find a way to get it to me. I'm at Casey underscore just clear on Twitter. We're at Kaylee B radio on Twitter. Uh, Casey just clear on Facebook. Kaylee B radio on Facebook. Shoot me a text, shoot me an email. Find a way to get your question to us. The first question comes from a listener who wants to know Casey, who are your world series picks? <sighs> this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go Astros in the American League. God. And even that, like I'm saying it with such definition, but even that I'm regretting saying it so definitively because then you're leaving the Yankees behind. But I'll go Astros in the American League. They match up well with the Yankees, I think. Oh, this gives me indigestion. But I'm going to go Mets in the National League. I think that in the playoffs, being able to put the ball in play matters. And being able to pitch certainly matters. The Mets have a ridiculous pitching staff with DeGrom and Scherzer. DeGrom's going to have a fresh arm. He's hardly thrown this year. Scherzer's just a dog. And then they'll be able to get enough out of a third and fourth guy between Bassett, Carrasco, and Walker. Their bullpen If you get to Diaz in the 8th and ninth innings, but sometimes he goes two innings, the game's over. Lugo has not been as dominant as he's been in years past, but he's still Lugo. He's still a solid arm. And the Mets just, offensively, they're not intimidating. Offensively, they don't do a ton to strike the fear of God within you. But they put it in play. They put it in play. And you could do a whole lot with that formula in the playoffs. I'll say the Mets and the National League, will overcome the Dodgers, but I don't, I don't feel confident about either one of those picks to be honest with you. Uh, but those are the two that we're going to go with. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, you often mentioned that you were a youth sports coach. Why did you stop coaching? Would you ever consider getting back in? Um, time was just the the sole reason. Like I don't have any horror story about anything that any you know nobody did me wrong. You know, I didn't, nobody, I didn't get in a fight with anybody or anything like that. It wasn't on bad terms. It was just time. Um, whenever I was working in HOMA, we started a weekend high school football publication, which was basically going to require me working Saturdays and Sundays, uh, most of the day for no extra pay, mind you, which is why I'm no longer at the Homa publication, but that's another story for another day. Um, but it was just too much weekend work, too much weekend work. And you know, by the time I got to Sunday, most folks get into Sunday night and they're, you know rested up and they're ready to attack another work week. and I was exhausted from working in the weekend while then having to try to get rest Sunday night to attack another work week. So I, it was just too much. I couldn't I couldn't juggle them both in in the part of the question of what I ever considered doing it again. Um, of course, I loved coaching the kids, and I think that we've got. Um, a great biddy organization here, South LaFouche Biddy. If if you've got time, yourself, go volunteer for the kids. Go volunteer for the kids, man. You know they're hosting registrations and signups right now. Go volunteer for the kids and, and make a difference. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the more than the winning and stuff. Is look, I was blessed. I was I was an assistant coach with Damon for a long time. We had a run of like three four years in a row where we didn't lose a single game. But that's not what you remember. I remember the confidence of taking a kid who maybe was new to the game and grew and developed some skills. I remember the confidence of an Ashton Gidry who, you know, we asked to do some things defensively that maybe during practice he's like, I don't know if I could do this, coach. And then he gets into the game and he does it and he pulls it off. You remember those things. I remember, you know, kids scoring for the first time. And the look on their faces as they're running down the court, like those are the things that you remember more than the individual wins and losses. So, yeah, I, I certainly would do it again if ever, you know, work schedules and everything panned out. But it's hard. The bitty season's in the fall, football season's in the fall. So I know Fridays I'm going to be at high school. Saturdays I may be doing some work with Nichols. Sunday I got to go build the newspaper and, and race. Like, its it's tough. It's just a tough scheduling thing to work out. Question three, which new LSU player are you looking forward to seeing the most in the upcoming season? Let me pull up the roster because I'm sure that there are some – I got a few in mind, but I'm sure there may be a few that I'm not thinking of. Um, Amongst the incoming freshman class, it would probably have to be Will Campbell, right? I mean, he's supposed to be the real deal at offensive line. Um, 6'6", 325, big five-star offensive lineman. He's got to be one of them. I'm looking forward to seeing – Big running back from Penn State. You know, forget his name. I'm going to try to find his name here on the roster. Uh, number 21, I believe. Yeah, Noah Cain, looking forward to seeing him. Uh, let's see. Major Burns is going to have a great year, but he was there already last year. Um, Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with Noah Cain uh, and, and, you know, Campbell. I think that those are two. I gave you a transfer. I gave you a high school signee. I think they'll both have big seasons. And I think that they're both going to you know, be a big part of the team and, and what they're going to be trying to accomplish this coming year. Number four, Casey, do you like the new direction of WWE under Triple H? Of course I do. I'm a wrestling fan. Of course I do. Um, I have to give one word of caution. And I really sincerely hope, and I don't have any insight that this is actually what's going to take place. But right now, a lot of the moves that Triple H is making with WWE is giving fans things that they want and that they've long called for. That's not altogether bad, right? Okay. But there's a difference between giving fans some things that they want to see and booking exclusively for the fans, which is what AEW does. Whenever you book exclusively for the fans, after you do that for about two, three months, the fans have run out of stuff that they want to see And now nothing you're going to do is going to be intriguing to them, and they're going to do what? They're going to tune out, which is exactly what's happening. Their ratings are are dropping steadily because everything that was on their bucket list, they've already seen. There's nothing that could intrigue them any further. So it's okay to be fan-friendly, and it's okay to give them the things that they want to see at times and to book smart and to book with them in mind. But you shouldn't be booking for them. An open-ended story, you know, it's, fans are gonna stay tuned in if they think that what they hope to see may happen someday down the road. You got to push those stories back and have more depth to your stories to keep them coming back for more. And in the chase of them, hopefully, you know, hopefully seeing someday what they want to see, you give them maybe an alternative story or two that they could buy into and get invested that they maybe hadn't otherwise thought about. So that depth of storytelling is what you got to do to be successful. If you just book dream matches with no build and no story, and you just say, all right, here Wednesday, we're going to have this guy from Japan that everybody knows from the internet uh, fighting against uh, Brian Danielson here, here it is on a platter. Once that's over, there's nothing left and there's no build to get you there. So you're not going to attract any other subsequent audience during the build. And that's the way that AEW does it. And that's the reason why they're struggling to sustain an audience over the future But there's only so many dream matchups, and once you've seen them all, there's not anything else left, and there's no storytelling underneath those matches to support the audience any further. But, yes, I do like what they're doing, and I think it's going to be highly sustainable. I think that the divide that we're seeing where the WWE ratings are growing and the AEW ratings are shrinking, I think that divide is going to continue to get wider and wider and wider. There are reports on the wrestling uh, media sheets that a lot of AEW roster members are disgruntled about their role and are wanting to go back over to the other side. I think we're going to see more and more of that. This is an interesting time in the other promotions history. They better write this ship quick. They better write the ship quick because the other company has decades of experience and decades of worth years worth of reputation to fall back on a W doesn't. If the numbers start to get worse than what they are, the networks are going to say, all right, you were a one hit one that we're done. WWE, if they have a couple of bad years, the networks will say, hey, you've been around 40, 50 years. We believe that you'll get it right. AEW doesn't have that same liberty. Question five, Casey, what do you want to see from the New Orleans Saints on Saturday? Um, Ball security, let's not turn over the football. Um, Let's limit penalties, because if you could limit penalties in the preseason where they throw more flags historically, you could probably play clean football during the fall whenever the regular season starts let's stay healthy and um let's run the football New Orleans didn't run the football well last year um not at all and it actually limited and hampered the offense there are reasons for it right you know they, they struggled with the throw which allowed teams to kind of stack up the box but some of it was they just weren't running it well you know they weren't blocking well weren't run blocking well enough Let's see that be a little bit different on Saturday. Uh, Whether you win, whether you lose, that doesn't mean anything to me. I would also like to see the team make a field goal or two. Field goal kicking was an issue. They got Lutz back. Uh, Let's let's see him bang home a few. Last question. Casey, how long should Deshaun Watson be suspended? (sighs) More than six games. (laughs) Here's the thing with Watson. You have to... My inclination would have been to say a year and a half, but you do also have to take into consideration, at least slightly, the fact that he didn't play last year. I'm not counting that as a suspension. That's not time served. He was getting paid for that. I'm not going to reward someone for being paid to not play for a full year and count that as a suspension. But you do have to factor that in a little bit that he did not, you know, he did sit out all of last season. So instead of a year and a half, I would be content and settle with a year. A year of no pay, maybe a a fine on top of that. And then let's run it back next year if, and only if, there are not any more of these allegations that come out between now and then. And that's the biggest if because every time we turn on the news, there's another accuser or another person saying this or doing that or whatever it may be. He's got to stay clean. We have any more of these incidents, uh, we're done for even longer. So I'd say indefinite suspension with hopes of if nothing else further shakes out, it would be done in a year. Thanks so much for the questions. We always have fun on our Wednesday mailbag segment. Let's catch a break, which will be our final break. Another segment of the show that we always have fun with is our betting picks, and we'll get to those out of this break. It's play by play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
9: For nearly half a century, Tiger Rag Magazine has covered all things LSU sports. The 2003 National Championship with Coach Nick Saban. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. The 2007 National Championship with Coach Les Miles. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. And the undefeated season of the 2019 National Championship with Coach Ed Ordron. Tiger Rag was there. With coverage from the practice field to the hoisting of the trophy. But in all these years of LSU sports moments, there has never been a more exciting time to be a Tiger fan than now. A new era has arrived at Tiger Stadium. Coach Brian Kelly has arrived in Baton Rouge with aspirations of grasping the one thing thing. that has eluded his illustrious career, a national championship.
5: It takes hard work. It takes
3: a commitment.
9: Tiger Rag Magazine will be there every step of the way as Coach Kelly attempts to solidify his status in Louisiana immortality. Follow each moment with Tiger Rag Magazine on newsstands now online at tigerrag.com.
8: Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com.
6: I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs to.
11: Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station.
6: You know weather bug users when you see them. The umbrellas before the storm. The scarves before the blizzard. The flip-flops before the heat wave. The prepared few. Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the WeatherBug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app today for free.
1: One more segment to go on play by play. It's time to hand out some betting picks. One of the games that would have been on the list if it wouldn't have started before the show would have been the Mets covering the run line against the Reds. They're already winning four to nothing. That one would have been a winner. Before we get to our picks, thanks to all of our sponsors, Southland Dodge and Homa Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South LaFouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. I don't have it listed here on my sheet just yet, but I'm understanding and being told that we're going to be welcoming back the Blue Boot Foundation to our list of sponsors as well. It means so much to see that the sponsorship list continues to grow and folks are getting behind what we're doing here it, it, it's it's so empowering. Want to give a shout out to a listener, Mr. Kenny Maye who's listening out I believe in Mississippi. Listens daily, uh you know, chats with us on on Facebook sometimes during the show, shoot some questions to us. Thanks for listening Kenny. We thank so, you so much for the support of what we're doing. Let's get some betting picks and then we'll get out of here. I like the New York Yankees to win today and cover the -120 money line against Seattle. Nestor Cortez is throwing for New York against Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray has been so hit or miss this year, 3.96 ERA. The Yankees are going to touch him a little bit. And coming off of a game where New York got shut out one to nothing, they lose in 13 innings. First off, okay, yeah, we're picking the Yankees. Yeah, I think that they're going to hit Robbie Ray, this, that, and the other. How is it, and I, if I run over and only get to give one betting pick today, I don't care, it's my show. How is it that these MLB teams start innings with a runner on second base and can't score? How does that happen? The Yankees and Mariners played the 10th, played the 11th, played the 12th, and then in the Yankees' case, they also played the 13th. Would a runner on second base just start the inning and couldn't score? And it happens all the time. Like It's not just a fluke. This happens all the time. You see teams... They refuse. Okay, I get the team in the top half is trying to put a big number up, right? You're trying to score two runs, three runs, put the game away. How in the hell is it that when you're at the bottom half and you know, hey, all I got to do is score one run and the game is over, how in the hell are you not bunting the guy from second to third, then hitting a deep fly ball and ending the game with a sack fly? No, it's, oh, bro, advanced stats. We're not doing that. We're going to go ahead and swing for the fences, home runs and doubles. Then what we get, strikeout, strikeout, pop up, the inning's over, you didn't score. Then again, oh, uh, ground ball to the left side, into the shift, no advance, Strike strikeout, strikeout, the inning's over. The lack of situational awareness, and this is why I picked the Mets to win the National League in the last segment. So many damn teams just refuse to put the ball in play. They're too content to strike out. The Mets put the ball in play. Got I me mean, fired up unnecessarily and unexpectedly there. I like, also today, in the world of Major League Baseball, let's go with the White Sox to beat the Royals. Johnny Cueto has been excellent. Four and five on the year, that's not excellent, but 2.91 ERA is. Facing Chris Bubik of Kansas City, he's got a 5.27 ERA. The White Sox are in need. They're facing a team that they're better than. I think Chicago is going to take care of business and get it done. <laughs> Lastly, I'm going to go with... Um, let's take this one. I'll take the Braves to win today over the Red Sox minus 145. Um, Kyle Wright's throwing for Atlanta. He's probably the best they got. But the reason why I like Atlanta today is was Boston throwing Nick Pavetta. I am enough of a baseball fan to remember when Nick Pavetta was with Philly. And when he was with Philly, Atlanta used to clobber Nick Pavetta. So they've got a good history against him. I think they'll get a bunch of hits, score a bunch of runs and take care of business and sweep the little midweek series out in Fenway. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Coach Pokey. Thanks to Coach Young. Thanks to Taylor Griffin for their time today. Thanks to you all for listening at home. We'll be back tomorrow. This will be our final in-studio show of the week because remember, Friday, we're going out to Terrebonne General. This is Casey Gisclair urging you all to have a wonderful rest of the day. Stay dry, stay safe. Be careful on them roads, y'all. God bless everybody. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day. You're
10: listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.